Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Idea Forge podcast. As usual, my name is Kodro Maureen. And I'm Bloom. And with us, we have Steven Oyebode. He is a design lead, a serial entrepreneur, a good friend, and he has a lot of stories to share with us today. I really look forward to this discussion. Uh, thank you for having me, Kodro and Bloom. I'm happy to be here. Uh, my name is Steven Oyebode. I lead design at Remita Payment Systems Limited, RPSL, a subsidiary of System Specs. Uh, and I do a bunch of other things. Uh, I'm a retired pharmacist. I retired there, I graduated. Uh, and uh, I do, I, I have a lot of startups that I've worked on with and tried to build as well. I'll describe myself as a serial failure. <laughs> okay. Okay. I guess I'm the perfect person to be talking about this kind of topic. And today we are talking about fear and creativity and the surprising connection that comes between those two. I believe Steven is um, one of the best person to have this discussion with because I have had a couple of discussions with him and they've been very insightful. Fear is something everyone experiences. It is usually regarded as a terrible thing or a bad thing, not to be so pessimistic, but it is also a good thing because it can do a lot. It depends on how you take advantage of it. So, Stephen, today I guess my first question would be, what has been the most significant experience where you've experienced fear and the one that stands out for you, I mean, and what happened? Really, just tell us about it. It's a story you overcame it, so it's fine if you didn't overcome it, but the one that stands out for you when it comes to fear. Well, it does, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think about, like, in general, I'm a very faithful person, in general. But that's because I understand that fear and courage are, are different sides of a coin. Okay. Are different sides of a coin. They are, okay. they are, they are literally the same thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah, of a coin. They are, they are literally the same thing. They're just... The moment you flip your coin, yeah. you either get courage or fear. No, they, it's more like they come together. It's a package. Um, fear loses its meaning if there's no courage. And sure. courage also loses its meaning if there's, there's no, no fear. fear. Yeah, because what are you courageous about if you are not fearful about something yeah, else? Yeah, they, it's like you can't have life without death. And you can't have death without no. life. It's a package. Life is paradoxical. I learned that from someone called Kenwin Smith. Kenny Smith was, uh, was my professor in postgraduate school. He taught me about um, group dynamics in, uh, at the Nigerian University of Technology and Management. That statement literally changed my life and how I pursue the world in general. So life is paradoxical. Everything you know has an opposite. So it is the opposite of that thing that gives the other thing its meaning. I think for me, why how I got to, you know, interpret that was everything has its advantages and disadvantages, every single thing. No, I've... no, not really. Okay, that's interesting. Not really. Every, like, things come in pairs. If you have only males in the world without females, the world would not make sense. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. If you think about light and imagine we never had nights, we only had day. day. Then the concept of light, you won't... Would lose its value. It's not about losing its value. What does light mean when there's no darkness? You won't name it. You would never... Like, there's no night, so you never... It's never come into your consciousness as a thing that exists. Yeah. But because you know that, okay, there, there are sometimes when things are dark, and there are sometimes when things are light, then you're like, I'm going to call this darkness, and I'm going to call this light. You wouldn't even know there was a value today if there was no night. Darkness gives light its meaning, as well as light giving darkness its meaning. So it's simply with like fear and courage. Fear gives courage its meaning, and courage gives fear its meaning. They come together. And then uh, it's, a, it's a package. Yeah. So it's it's almost always like, what side of the spectrum am I swinging to? So am I am I on the spectrum of yeah. fear more than courage, or am I on the side of courage more than fear? So what story stands out for you? What or For me, uh, I think starting my, uh, switching careers. So from, I, from, yeah, so I, I studied pharmacy in school. I finished from Lagos University, Chin Hospital. Okay. Uh, we call it CMU, College of Medicine of the University of Lagos, in the Arapa, uh, where I studied pharmacy. I wasn't there because I liked pharmacy, right? 
I was there because I just wanted to make my parents happy. So in final year, I'm like, what the heck? I can't swear on this podcast, yes. Sure. Like, what the heck am I going to do with my life? I knew I was only first class by the time I was getting to final year. But academics had never been like a challenge for me in that sense. However, I'm like, okay, I'm finishing now. It was the next what, step. What am I going to do with my life after this one year? And I knew for a fact one thing was constant. Practicing was not going to happen. Practicing pharmacy. Yeah, practicing pharmacy was not going to happen. So I decided to take out my final year, not be serious with academics, but to go explore that things. And then I found tech. I'd like to mention this guy. His name is John Flash. I think he's the CTO of Curacel. Curacel is one of the YC company from Nigeria, insurance, insurtech. They are great insurance and do all of that. He was the one that introduced me into tech because I, I usually see him. He was my neighbor in, in the oh, office. Okay. And I see him programming and all of that. And I approached him, Yo, what are you doing? And he told me about this whole thing. And then I got something. And I'm like, yes, this is what I want to do. I mean, you can make things happen. You can create something from nothing and be, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, digitalization. I'm like, yes, yeah, this is where I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you end up in design? Well, I, I tried programming. I did um, web des uh, web development and app development with Andela Learning Community then. Oh, okay, Andela. Yeah. I just did that. No, I wasn't. I mean, programming is nice. I'm making all these things happen, but that's not where like the solution was coming from. A lot of times you have to wait for someone to think about the solution and then they give you to go implement. I didn't want to be on the implementation end. I wanted to be on the solution end. So then I was like, no, I'm going to try design now. Funny thing is that when I was younger, I hated arts, fine art and stuff. Because I was always disciplined for either drawing or doing any art. Related. So it's not like I was disciplined, but it's like, you should be reading science. This is, you know, what you should do. You know, you know how yeah. those things can be now. So I wasn't, art wasn't promoted as something I should do. And to be very frank, I wasn't so good at it. Um, then. Then. So I never thought about design as a thing I was going to do. But then I started doing design as an older person. I'm like, okay, I'm good at this stuff. <laughs> let's do it. And let's see how far I can push it. But the place where the fear came in was... You've studied pharmacy. You've gotten a license. It is a secure place. You would live a comfortable life. You'll get a job. Someone's going to pay. You could own your own pharmacy down the line. And you'll, you'll be okay. People are always going to need drugs. <laughs> right? You, they would need somebody to prescribe. People are always going to need drugs. But I couldn't see myself sitting down behind the counter and saying, take two, three times daily. Oh I just couldn't. I just couldn't. Like, Take the tree that is nearly. That sounds so familiar. So I'm like, you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to try this thing that I'm not so sure of. And I'm going to bet my career on it. And if I fall, so be it. But, but the, the fear would have. Sound like you just had the conviction that you know you're not doing pharmacy. Yeah. And I, could, I couldn't see myself doing pharmacy. Practicing pharmacy that have been comfortable. Oh. But I just couldn't see myself doing it. I felt like I would be miserable. And in that journey, you tried your hand in development too. Yeah. I would also be miserable as a web developer or as a software developer. And how do you think that connects to creativity? Because, you know, I would say the fact that you you already learned pharmacy because the fact that you already tried from pharmacy and then said no, then you tried development and I said no, and tried design, I was like, yes, you get. So in a way, creativity is really a, a way like that, in a way of trying, feeling, trying, feeling, then trying, and like, yes. When my people talk about creativity, they usually talk about creativity from a point of view, artistic thing. Yeah. But I have a science background, and I know that there's a lot of creativity in science as well. And true, yeah. So. Experimentations and so. Yes. In fact, my final year project was so creative. I like to talk about it just because of how interesting it is, but I'm not going to bore you with the details. It's very boring when I'm talking about it, but I'm, I'm fascinated by what I did, man. 
<laughs> but I, I think that's part of creativity, you know, the fascination that... Oh, I do things that I'm fascinated of. Like, I'm fascinated with. And um, there is one of my favorite books. <clears throat> it's called... That book talks about, like, creativity from varying different angles, right? And creativity for me is the fact that you can look at something and say, how else can we do this thing? That's my definition of creativity. A different way to execute something that already yep. exists. How else can we do this thing? How else can we do Whether you're making it better or not, I don't really care. It's a good, the good side of creativity that you're making it better. The bad side is that you're making it worse. But how else can we make this thing? So regardless of if it is better or worse, it is creative. It's a creative journey. You tried. You tried. Trying something in a different Trying something new. Trying something differently. And that's my definition of creativity. So, so encouraging people out there to, you know. Yeah, it's called Creative Confidence. Or Creative Confidence. It's one of my favorite books in the world. It just, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I guess what, what, based on what you've said now, creativity is really just trying something different, regardless of the outcome. And, and we tend to do that in our daily life. You know, we, um, I, personally, I try, I like to, there are usually more than one route to get to a destination. Yeah. And I'm one person that I like to try another route. Um, a lot of people, I just said route and route, and I don't even know which one is right. One is British, one is American. Okay, I guess I'm right. <laughs> I'm right I'm right in both ways. But yeah, a lot of people get comfortable with, this is where we usually pass. Yeah. And then there is always the factor of, let's try this place. We might not like it, but let's try it though. Yeah. We don't know until we try it. Yeah. Um. When it's that time where you're about to try a new route, how and your friend is there saying, nah, this is where we always pass. What would you tell your friend to, you know, make them pass the new route, which is where creativity comes in, I guess, which is where the start of creativity is. So I would yeah, just... Initiating creativity. Yeah. I think you have to listen to yourself. As easy as that sounds or as the share of that sounds, it's a truth like people don't listen to this. So when you say listening to yourself, I, I I want to put it into context, that same context. Yeah. There are two sides of us, you know, mm -hmm. in a way there's the subconscious and the mm -hmm. conscious. And your conscious is like, this is where I've usually passed. Mm -hmm. So do you mean listening to yourself is like listening to the subconscious of, are you really interested in trying this new path? Um, are you focusing on the comfort of what you're familiar with? And is your subconscious telling you that it wouldn't hurt to try this new path? One of the reasons why people are fearful is because of potential discomfort at the end of whatever they are fearful about. Yeah, true. Take any scenario. Why do we fear? Or why are we afraid to fail in our academics? Because you could repeat the class. Because you could be seen as someone who is not smart. Because you could potentially get bashed at home. Uh, society is going to turn me a failure. Looking back at those things, they didn't even matter again. Like, having that, you know, that starting point as, you know, the way we do graphs in your, you know, repeating a class, getting bashed, that wasn't part. Yes. So it was a very bad foundation. Bad foundation mm -hmm. for you to understand what failure is in. It was unnecessary. Just in, in Nigeria, I just feel like it does all work. The educational system failed a lot of people. Yeah. Um. I have a couple of friends that failed, and today it does not matter. And I'm like, I was so scared of failing in SS2. I can remember what effort I put into making sure I didn't fail. And I remember some. So some people, so some people got promoted in my school. I went to grammar school, and then then the school realized that oh, a lot of people got promoted. So they were like, people promoted on trial would have to sit for another exam. And out of the people that sat for the exam, only three people passed. And there was this friend of mine that already got long sleeve, you know, SS3, already got long sleeve and was so excited before the second sitting of the exam. And then he repeated the class. And then I used to feel like, oh, wow, she should have gotten the long sleeve. He was too excited. And today I'm like, does it matter? It's it's conditioning um, and it's bad conditioning because it conditions people to be afraid of failure. Whereas the way society moves, and progresses is to encourage failure because failure is the ability to try to try something regardless regardless of what the outcome might be you think that 
something should be different. That's the thought that initiates creativity. Why is this thing like this? How else could it? And then you're like, hmm, I'm going to try it out. And then the world is like, huh, we're waiting for you. To, to feel. feel. <laughs> and then because if you do feel, then we're going to do what? Come down on you. But it, that's, that, that's not what happens in real life. That's only in school. In real life, until you're successful, no one really cares about you. No one is seeing you. Hmm. Because failure and fear now in our conversation, it seems like they go hand in hand. Yeah, you're you're fearful because you don't want to fail. Yeah. If you knew that everything you ever tried to do, you'll be successful at, you will do everything you possibly can. You will build a rocket. If you knew you do, you could do it. If you knew that everything you ever tried to do, you will be successful at. You will do everything you can. But because of fear, you overthink it. Yes, it's a protective mechanism, which is good, but. It's your body's protective mechanism yeah. against negative reaction. But then when you think about it more, that protective mechanism is just, it's like a protective mechanism to keep you in your comfort zone. So mm-hmm. Keep you comfortable. And then I feel like you have to bring yourself out of that, out of that fear, out of that comfort zone. Because that fear is just. That's why I said you need to listen to yourself. Now, that statement is very pre- pregnant. Yeah. Uh, the statement is pregnant. Very pretty. There's layers to it. Uh, there is the you that wants to protect you. But there's the real you. Now, let me, let me, let me separate it in a figurative way. We have a brain and we have a heart. Yeah. yeah people say you don't carry the mind. I do you want to go into philosophy of the mind and the brain? That's a I great question, though. But it is a uh, deeper conversation. Yeah, so. it's, it's a tangent. Maybe after the podcast, but um, figuratively, let's imagine that your brain right, is the seat of logic and your heart is the seat of passion. Okay. And emotions. Okay. This reminds me about the alchemist, the book, but let's continue. Okay. So. Your brain is logical. Your brain is saying, we need to do this thing to get better in life. Logical. You are right. You are 100% right. That makes sense. It makes sense. But if we try it and it doesn't go the right way, there will be a lot of negative blowback. We don't want to feel negative emotions. That's where our heart comes in, emotions. So, no, that's not where your heart comes in here, too. We don't want to feel negative emotions. So, don't do this thing. Your heart is like, well, but we could get positive emotions. We could be successful. Then your brain is like, what's the probability that it is going to be successful? Yeah, nah. Look at you. What have you done before that? That's just so right, well. <laughs> you know, there is, there is this whole conversation Back out in your head. And then that's where the overthinking is coming. Like, that's true. How many people have tried it? Oh. Your brain is now telling you that the people that did it and left it like that, I think they don't have status. <laughs> I said, somebody was asking me yesterday, um, and it then is, it was like, so when you want to try something, you see people have, um, people have tried it before and they mm-hmm. weren't successful. What would I say to the person? And I was like, I think the question is, how much regret can you live with? If you can live with not trying it, then okay, don't try it. But then at that point, you need to be fine with failing because you need to be fine with. I tried it and it didn't work. I'm moving on. That's it. You're still, you're, you're still giving people... Sugar-coated. Yes, yes. That's the word. The, the sugar-coated. Look, I'm going to be frank with you. Nobody really knows who you are. Nobody knows who you are right now, except you are very, very successful. Very, very. The people that are successful are the people that we know. We, everybody in this country knows the president of the country. If the president puts out a tweet tomorrow, He's going to get like a million retreats. It's going to be posted on all news outlets. Everybody cares about what the president says. How many people care about what you say right now? Like 10 people, including Bloom. <laughs> You're not that successful. Yeah. You're, I'm not shit. You're not shit. No, no one really knows. And that should be the feel to be like, if I fail, max 20 people know. Eh, so it's not a big deal. It's supposed to be more easier energy to be like, I'm going to try as much as possible and see what happens. Says I've not even gotten that success. Yeah, so it's the people that are like successful and are high there that 
should have the fear of failure because then they have something to fall from. You don't have anything to fall from. Where are you falling? Oh, what are you afraid of, nigga? You were there on the floor. Like, it's literally, you're not in this You're not on any mountain. Wow, wow. You're trying to climb the mountain and you're afraid to climb the mountain. Why are you afraid? And that's the way I think about it, right? That's the mentality I have. Even if you fall, you know, just start climbing first. When, to win. when you get halfway, then you can start getting worried. The, the higher you climb, the, the more painful you fall. That's why someone like a Michael Jackson, for instance, imagine when he had the scandal. Yeah. Because he was at the highest level. Levels. A Barack Obama, highest level. It's, you know, all of these guys, the higher you are, the bigger the bigger the fall. Yeah. So it is the higher you are, the more fear of failure you should have. But the interesting, there's an interesting thing that happens. People realize that as they climb higher, they don't give a damn about because they keep, they try more. They realize that the more they try, the higher they climb. So it's the people that are on the floor that are afraid to climb that are realizing that that they are not realizing that the actual way to climb is to fail. Yeah, so at least start climbing. And then even if you fall, you won't fall to the ground. Even if you fall to the ground, you have learned where not to go to. That's true. You have learned that, ah, if I pass this side, no, it's not going to work. Uh, Let me... Don't wear this shoe where you're climbing. Wear this shoe. Don't, don't wear this, you know. <laughs> this shoe was all fucked me up. <laughs> you're, you're learning. But you that are dead, I've never climbed. You don't know if your shoe would work or not. I had to ask it, and the other person is like, dude, just climb first. Just try. Wow, fear, fear, is, fear is really something that is universal, and it, it exists in everybody's mind. It exists in our... We overcome fear every, every single day, and we do not know it. But when it comes to those major breaks, fear tends to hold us back. Fear leads us to overthinking, primarily. And it's quite... Um, so, I, and I'm sure what you would say is, don't overthink, do you? just mm-hmm. do it, which is the point where we've gotten to. People are scared of the blowback yeah. and then like you question the blowback from blowback from who like who knows the who cares you get. But still there is the um the fear of trying is still prominent. Mm-hmm. And even people that have gotten halfway mm-hmm. would still be there like, Oh, should I take this part or not this part? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you wouldn't regard yourself as the most successful person, but <laughs> I'll still like to ask you I'll still like to ask you that when you get to that point of failure, when you are faced with fear. Yeah. I'm sure what you say is do it, but what are the precautions you would suggest the person take? Because I think I'm also at the point where I know. So the guy asked me, I told him, I was like, initially, I I still do have so many ideas, but there are certain factors that I do consider now. And based on those factors, I tell myself, okay, this is the path I will take, even if I'm going to do this. So when people are faced with that fear, to make it easier for them, what would you say they do in order to make it easier? You know, because when your mind, when you are scared, like we already agreed, it's a legit fear and it is, it makes sense. What would you advise me or anyone to do that, okay, yes, you are scared, do this, do this. It would reduce the risk, which is what you are scared of. And then the blowback will still come that way, but do this, do this, and it would reduce the risk of feeling first of all i don't say do it whenever okay. i'm feeling sorry it, fuck it okay <laughs> wear it out because it just makes me feel better fuck it but there's something called regret minimization i think about which outcome i would regret the most way option yes if i don't do it this is what happens if I do this way, this is what happens. I, I think about all the potential outcomes and I'm like, which one would I regret the most outcomes that I regret the least? I found that, and this goes back to that statement of listening to yourself. The real you knows what you want. Now you, your brain is trying to protect you, of course, because that's his job. His job is to keep you safe. alive and safe. Survive. So your brain is a survival machine, a very efficient one. It creates scenarios for you that have never existed. I may never even. I may never even. It's so crazy. I've looking back in my life, I'm always like that thing you are so scared of. Come on, it's crazy. This podcast we do. I'm sorry to yeah. go. every time we're about to record an episode, I'm always so scared about external factors. Like mm-hmm. from the first episode, which is which is something I'm grateful for. From the first episode, I've told myself 
there is nothing you can do about these external factors. It is what it is, like we're saying, as on our way. Let me make it logical for you. Because our brain is logical, sometimes when you make things logical, they become real. This is the way your brain works. It takes pieces of information from your senses, what you can see, what you can feel. You know, your sense of touch, what you can hear, what you can smell, what you can taste. So our primary five senses feeds our brain information. Okay. <clears throat> we have something called the sixth sense, right? That is a combination of all those five things. It's like there is a sixth sense of awareness that based off of all the things I've seen and historical information and everything that I've experienced so far, this may possibly be one of two things. That's your brain trying to fill in certain gaps that your primary senses cannot fill. So it's creating and filling in gaps and giving you potential scenarios because it's trying to help you make a choice. It's safe. Once you understand that and you internalize that, and then you realize that every choice you make has an outcome. And every outcome has two things. Again, life is paradoxical. That we always come with it. There is the opportunity cost. And there is the what you get out of it. The actual thing you get out of it. The opportunity cost is what you may have lost for yeah. making this choice. Thank you for simplifying that. And what you have gotten <clears throat> no, excuse me, is the value, the actual value you got from making that choice. Think of an outcome as the coin. Yeah, two sides. Two sides of the coin. One side is the opportunity cost and the other side is the value you got from that outcome. If you are going to regret this outcome more because the opportunity cost is so great mm, yeah. and you can't live yeah, with that opportunity cost. So you shouldn't be making that choice. Okay. That's a logical way to see. Are you finding <clears throat> the consequences? There's a price to everything in life. And that's just how life is. This is what it is. I take a, take, a, take a deep thinking into the consequences. Don't just take a shallow thinking into it. For me, there is, there is a straight line, right? I think everyone needs to go back to first principles. First principles means... What is the most basic, unindivisible element of this idea where you cannot go back any further? And that first place is always the question, what do I really want? What do you, it comes back to what you've been saying. You're listening to your inner sense. What do I really want? Because what you want is your North Star. It gives you a sense of direction. A lot of people want fame. A lot of people want wealth. A lot of people want comfort. A lot of people want comfort. A lot of people want a simple What do you really want for yourself? You really, really, really entirely want. As this famous question, do you want to be rich or do you want to be king? That's for people that are ambitious to. Some people not everyone is ambitious, and it's a good thing. Ambitious people should not be made. Stupid. But what's the difference between being rich and being a king? A big one king. Is power, one is wealth. One is power, one is wealth. They are they are mutually exclusive. You can be extremely rich and you don't have that much power, power depending on the society that yeah, you are. Yeah. Right, and you, you can be powerful, powerful and not the world. Well, I think one question I have for you, just to simplify things, is: is you keep saying listening to yourself. How does one listen to themselves? We live in a very noisy world yeah. and a lot of people forget what they actually even really sound. A lot of what we do, I, I say it a lot. That's why I said initially that that question is, that, that statement is pregnant. Yeah. It is not as literal as it is, but it is also very, very simple. Yeah. Listening to yourself means you asking yourself that the real fundamental questions, right? Let, let, let's take a step back. What's more important, questions or answers? Questions, personally. Questions. The kind of question you ask yourself is very, very important because the way you frame the question is also important. And so what do I really want? What am I about? What is that thing? You can be many things. What is that thing that when they mention Stephen or anybody, I want people to immediately remember that. Steve Jobs, Apple. And and wait, it's Microsoft. Okay. Yeah. Da Vinci. 
paint sculpture. Yeah. Michelangelo sculptures, paintings, right? Yeah. There is one thing that they I want to be this. They were clear. Yeah. Right. And obviously you're looking at looking back at their action, they put in the they, they, they put had all a their direction eggs in that basket. They had a direction. Now, what this does is that it reduces the amount of choices you have. There's a law in design that says that if you give your users too many options, options they will end up stranded. They, they are confused, yeah. right? You want to limit the amount of options to a few so that it makes choose is so easy. I see told the caterer when I was just going to get my meal that come on, this are, this is too much. I want to eat everything. Yeah. Do you get? So once you are able to have direction, it limits the amount of potentialities. Yeah. Now you say, okay, this is where I'm going. Now what are choices that I have to make on this journey? And then every time those, you know, different choices come, you have to put it, you have to remind yourself, this is where I'm going. Yeah, what am I about? Now, if I make this choice, looking at where I'm going, what am I, which of these outcomes am I going to regret doing this? You know, you know the funny thing, yeah? The concept of success and failure is tied into, like I said, fear. Yeah. And fear and courage are the same, um, opposite the sides of the same coin. coin. We're talking about um, fear primary. Fear primary. But in talking about fear, you can't talk about fear without talking about failure and success. Yeah. The world celebrates success, but success is actually a distraction. I heard that recently. Success is a distraction. I think probably from you. I heard yeah. that recently. But let's go. Success is a distraction because success is a sense of comfort to your brain that we've gotten to our destination. When people define success, they see success as this destination. Some people say, oh, success is, you know, I have become this particular thing that I imagined in my head. I, I want to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And so when I become the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, I am successful, right? That's that's how people define it sometimes. I want to be the owner uh, of a luxury brand. Yeah. Right. That does this and this and this and this. Once I'm able to do that, I'm successful. But if you really look at the definition of success, success is tied to a certain activity. I want to make this happen. If I'm able to make it happen, then I'm successful at it. So, the, just that activity. Oh, that. Yes. So, you can have multiple successes along a journey which is why some people have now come to say oh success is not a destination success is a journey mm. milestones before you go but that's not even true okay because if you think about success as a journey you will forget to enjoy the journey the conversation is getting deep shall you you i'm not successful by any stretch and i this was something that um i learned Recently as well, I was watching a clip from Twitter where these guys were talking on a podcast called The Honest Bunch. Okay. And they were interviewing Eddie Kabasa. And I've never really paid attention to the guy. But I was just, for some reason, I, I listened to what he was saying and he said success was a distraction. I paused. I'm like, what the heck are you saying? So I went to look for the entire video and I watched the two hour long podcast. And that's all like me. But I stayed there and I was like, this guy is spewing sense. If you go and if you, if you have a particular task that you want to achieve and you say, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and then I become this, right? Yeah. When you get to the end of that road, you've achieved that thing that you wanted to achieve, you're going to feel empty. Okay. Is this it? Oh my God. <laughs> And here, what next? And then you're looking for the next success. Your mind is dull with this one. Your mind is... Now, now imagine if you had sacrificed everything just for that success and then you're like, okay. I finally get it. And you're like... Yeah, and then you're like, okay. Okay. And a lot of times when people are set very, very high ambitions and then they hit it, then they get, they get like high for like two, three days, max, one week, and then they come back down and they're like, okay. And I've seen this time and time again with like, especially in my industry, tech, where startup founders sell their companies, 
go IPO, do whatever it is. And then they're and then the next morning they wake up and they're like, <laughs> now I have one million dollars. Bro, what am I doing? What's it? And then they go into the depressive bit. Some of them have to go into like go away from everyone, isolate, now come back and center themselves and you hear things like, Oh, meditation helped me. No. Because they were not listening to themselves in the first place. What what was the thing what was the thing that I actually want? This topic has really gone back to listening to yourself. And I really would like to us to break it into as simple terms as possible. So because um it's 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 a really deep conversation and complicated one. And like I said, we live in a world with so many noises. A lot of noises has been put into our head. A lot of us, you know, I, I keep saying it, a lot of us did not have the balls to drop out of school. So we just did what we were asked to do. Then when we were done with school, we now started doing what we really wanted to do. And then we discovered that life was better. That was uh, exactly like we're like, oh. So, but but then in the end, I, I love one of the things I love about you is the fact that you've been able to take advantage of that which you were, that noise which was, you know, brought onto you. Okay. For instance, I know how you've taken pharmacy and taken advantage of that knowledge to combine it with your tech side and, you know, just create something which is your startup. Um, which you talk about towards the end of the podcast, yeah, yeah. so people, more people will know about it. But at the same time, I'd, I'd really like even the most basic person to be able to listen to that. And I read the book recently, The Alchemist, and it really talked about the the arts and the brain. And I read it, I understood it, but it still does not make it easier for me to listen to my inner self. Mm-hmm. So is there a is there a five year old way to talk about listening to your yeah? Yeah, break down the way like I'm five. You listen to yourself every time. Do you think you do? In the recent times, yes, I'm learning to, and this is my opinion. I think that we have something people call intuition. God feeling? God feeling. Some people call it the Holy Spirit. Some people call it the universe. Some people call it many different things. But there is always that silent, deep voice that knows what you want. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really want us to make this as simple as possible. And in a way, because, okay, maybe because I can read it. Now, that gut feeling is usually so subtle, especially in the start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more you listen to it, the louder it gets. But in the start, it's usually so subtle because the logic would always stand out, mm-hmm. which yeah. is the brain. Because that's what you've been listening to for a very long time. Yeah. So for that, in that scenario, I don't know the answer to this question I'm asking. I'm just asking you, is there a way we can even make it simpler than that? Yeah. I'm I'm going to say this with the things that help me. Yeah. Like, turn out the noise. Okay. Meditation helps a lot. And meditation is not the, (laughs) now like the monk and then, you know, all of that. It's not just that. It's not not just that. But that, that helps some people. Yeah. I'm I'm going to be vulnerable a little bit. So I, I have something called ADD, attention deficit disorder. It's very difficult for me to focus on one for very long, which makes meditation even a lot harder. Yeah, because I have a very noisy head. I have a very noisy mind. You guys know. Elon Musk was saying in a recent interview that people would want to be like me, but my mind is chaos. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not his level. By any stretch, right? I can't imagine having like three companies, one of them including th- them, Twitter, and the other one is a rocket going yeah, to space. Like, that's crazy, but I have a very noisy mind and it's very difficult for me to like focus on one thing. But I find that anytime I'm able to like collect it and focus on one thing, it could be my breast. It could be just, you know, you know how you just. You're, you breathe passively, for instance. You blink passively. These things are controlled by something called your parasympathetic nervous system, right? Which means that you don't really control them. You can, but your body just does its thing. That's becoming a normal thing. Yeah, you do it subconsciously. Yeah. Right? Breathing. Imagine you have to control it freshly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine you have to focus. You have to consciously breathe. You won't even be able to talk. You, you won't be able to do any other thing if you are... You are only focusing on, ah, don't forget to breathe. <laughs> don't forget to breathe. If not, you die. Yeah. Right? Or don't forget to blink. 
If not, you're going to go blind. Right? Or imagine you had control over your heartbeat. And you had to consciously make I your heart. Consciously make your heart beat. <laughs> Most people would die. Yeah. Because but these things are like controlled by your parasympathetic nervous system. And because they've been abstracted from your consciousness, they just do their thing. And they seem to just know what is right. When you bring an element from your subconscious, from that system where they just get to do their thing, but you then take it and you focus on it for a bit, like something like your breath. Yeah. And then you're focusing on... Breathing in, breathing out. Your mind becomes quiet. And you can hear yourself think. For just one second. It's just amazing. I, I, you know, I, I've been through the craziest of experience, and I think one thing I always remind myself to do is breathe. Like, what it does? It's so it's so amazing. Like, people forget to breathe a lot, bro. Your mind. When else did you consciously inhale and exhale? And that's that's the essence of you being alive. That's what's just keeping you alive, and you just that that is made. That's like beginners level of meditation. Just. Every, the chaos is going on around you. Do I close your eyes and just focus on breath? So that's what you do. That's how to get start. Sin. That's that's how to you start listening. But over time, you begin to get more, okay. Now I'm so good at it, I don't necessarily need to close my eyes. I can be right here. Looking at you. And I've tuned out. I just, I'm listening to what's going on in my, in my mind. And don't, don't Without judging it. Without judging it. Whether it's right or wrong, what is coming? And just become like a conduit and just let it start becoming. They are coming. And you know, even when you get distracted, you don't judge yourself. You just, oh, I got distracted. I was breathing. Bring it back to your just breath. Better. Bring it back. You are breathing. You are calming yourself down. There is, there is a biological reason why breathing, I'm focusing on your breathing calms you, by the way. And biological reason is it stimulates your vagus nerve. And your vagus nerve is the one that is the biggest nerve in your body that controls most of the functions of your body. Things like your, you know, it's just it's the most important nerve in your body, bro. But back to just centering yourself. That's how a beginner starts to just begin to like, I can hear myself. You once you once you start it, it's like, oh wow, okay, 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 okay. And then you you will definitely be distracted because your mind is wanting to go. And you can't do twenty four seven. No, you can't do twenty four seven. It it has to be like a period of time. In a day. A period of time where you're like, I'm centered, okay. What is going on? And then there is also another thing that helps, which is introspection, reflection. Okay. Oh I, you know, at, yeah, at the end of the day, taking a look back, how did my day go? How did my week go? Okay. Just taking stock. Yeah. All those things help because while they are doing that, they are actually meditating. And like, okay, this is where I'm going. But so this idea that did not align with where I'm trying to go. These are the things that happened this week that you know, I'm not so excited. I'm changing that. It's almost like you are not now living unintentionally. You are bringing back intentionality. That's that makes you more conscious and helps you know the voice that is exactly. coming. Exactly. You are now able to like, huh, this is where I'm going. This one, this voice is the one that is pushing me towards where I'm going. Whereas all these other voices are noise. Are noise. They are now beginning to get this voice louder. And once you are, you know, getting in tune, the more you get in tune, the more it's... Big which has been very, very insightful. I, I think a lot has... There is a... We could go deeper. I swear, we could do, go deeper on different levels. We could do, go deeper on different levels, but I think I, the last part which you just talked about, listening to yourself, because, you know, fear is a, is a word, but I guess the solution to fear is really listening to yourself, like you if mentioned. If you can name it, you can control it. Yeah, yeah. And as we just discussed, the factors that you need to take advantage of to help you mitigate that fear, it's important. You're not trying to get rid of it. Yeah. You're just trying to know it exists and mm-hmm. listen to yourself and control it better. Um, before we even go towards rounding up, I'd like you to just tell us about your startup and what it does. Yeah, I guess you people already know I'm a pharmacist. So, um, 
Although I was retired, I am very, very, very passionate about healthcare and about quality of life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to extend human life. Right. I don't think we should live forever. I would, I would love to live forever. But I would, what I care about is the time we get to spend here. We spend it in good health, good quality of life. Right. Yeah. I want to be 70, 80, and still be able to jog. Okay. Right. I want to be able to lift my grandchildren if I ever have one. Right. I, you know, I want to still be able to have good sex. I still want to be able to like, you know, go out and enjoy the beauty of life for as long as possible. I don't want to be in my old age and be frail and then, you know. So quality of life is something that is very important to me. And it is definitely no... um, Yes. It's not news. It's not hidden. It's not a secret that if you exercise, if you uh, meditate, if you have eat well, nutrition, proper nutrition, and you take care of yourself, you are going to have a better body yeah. in your old age. Right. Um the problem is that no one is really helping people to do that. Or oh, you found a better way to help people to do that. Think about the healthcare industry today. I which I, I hate calling it healthcare industry. I call it sick care industry. Because they always wait for you to fall sick before they take care of you. Like, why aren't they taking care of people that are already healthy? Why are they, why are they not making sure they remain healthy? Yeah. So how, how the, the question I'm trying to answer is how do we ensure that we maintain health, health for as long as possible? And it is, my startup is building tools to help people maintain health. The, the reason why it's difficult to maintain health is because the things that you have to do are not immediate gratification. There. And they are not fun to do. When you go to the gym, you come back with body pain. It's not fun to lift weight. Have you found a way to make that fun? Yeah, we are trying to do that. We reward you for your workouts. You don't need to go to the gym. So we created an AI personal fitness trainer that allows you to work out from your home body workouts. Um, we reward you for hitting steps goals. We reward you for hitting health. Yeah, just before, let me add. So I I I took a I took a, a little trip down the lane of the product, and uh, it was in the night. Well, I, was, I did up to ten jumping jacks, and I was so excited, picturing it in my head. Yeah. Now I saw myself doing it, and, like, and then the reward system is massive. Yeah, we we give you things like free tickets just for you know, movies. We think if 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 people get paid for being healthy, it's not a bad idea. Because, yeah, you are reducing the amount of burden on the sick care industry anyways. Our, our hospitals are burdened. Our pharmacies are burdened. So we don't have enough doctors. We don't have enough this. How do you solve that? You make it more fun for people to stay healthy. What's the name of your, what's the name of your... It's called juicelife.io. Juice like fruit juice. Because we want, you know, you to enjoy fitness like it's juice. Like uh, so all you have to do is go there, sign up. Go to justlife.io, create an account, take a couple of workouts, and just credits, redeem those rewards on the juice store, and you're good to go. But one thing that I'm excited that we are launching very soon is we're launching communities. We call it circles. All right. So any community, anybody can create a community, invite their friends, families, followers, fitness influencers can use it for their members. And then they can create programs for their members, get real-time feedback. If you think about all the fitness apps that are in the world today, most of them only show you videos, do as I do. Yeah. So it's like the fitness influencer or the fitness instructor is talking to a crowd, but it's not receiving feedback on what they are doing or what they are really doing, right? Yeah. But with um, the AI, with the, AI the AI is actually giving, is a way for you as a user to give feedback. Your body is giving feedback to your trainer. And a trainer can adjust your schedule. Uh, with the power of AI, we can even we are getting to a point where we can have an actual AI uh, personal trainer mm-hmm. that is always on, is personalized to you, understands your needs. Um, yeah, just learns more about you and is specifically for you. That's that's All- that's very that's very interesting. Like I said, I tried it out and I found it very interesting. And I think it is something I'll be getting, especially the circles part. Um, my friends and I, we like to take walks. We, we like to exercise yeah. together. And I think the circles is something that yeah, absolutely. definitely enjoy. Create together. a circle. Um, we we have five grades in our 
in, in our, on our platform where five grades of fitness, you can either be sedentary or you can be a blue zone. The highest level is blue zones. And we're using blue zones because blue zones are places in the world where right. you have the highest number of people that are above 100 living healthy. Okay. So for you to be a blue zoner, there are certain things. There's there's a very, very similar lifestyle across people in all those places, all these older guys. And when they give you advice, they tell you that this is the way you should exercise, lift this, walk, take a walk, have a community of friends. So all of those things that blue zoners do, we are digitizing it and we are helping you to create your own virtual blue zone. That makes a lot of sense, Stephen. Thank you very much for, for joining us on this podcast. Thank you very Thank much you for, for answering our question. Thank you for not holding back. Thank you for being vulnerable at the time you were. And I'm sure that was that was even where we, we got the most tangible and valuable stuff. Um, I hope everyone got to learn a few. Um, even Come on, I think if you got to pick up at least one thing, I think it is better than nothing. Um, Bloom, do you have any other thing to add? I'm just like happy. I feel like this is my best episode yet because it was very insightful, trust me. I'll be trying out just like, and you no, know, I just, I felt like, I, I felt like towards that, I like, have conversations going forward. Sure thing. You know, conversations about, you know, stuff about the mind, how the mind works and all of that. But this topic, I feel like, Every, anybody listening to this would would have loved this episode and you know it would just be so beautiful to listen to so thank you very much for coming this afternoon thank you for having me um guys please don't forget to check out our episode one and episode two um the first episode talked about failure the second episode talked about balancing multiple projects and this third episode is talking about fear and creativity um, there are a lot of people out there that could really do it, you know, one or two insightful things about this. And I would love you to share this podcast. Meanwhile, um, thank you again for joining us and have a wonderful day.